Is everybody recording? I am now, yeah. Yes. After three. Morning. After Can you three. say it in German? Can you say it in German? Because, you know, it's the Velvet Underground and Nico and she's German. So can you do Nico it in German? German, please? Yeah. I can go eins, zwei, drei, then clap all yeah, that one. That, that would okay. be better. That okay. would be better for me. Here we go. So after eins, zwei, drei, we clap like wankers. Okay. Eins, zwei, drei. Yay! There we go. I only did three and you did four because I thought we only clapping three. Five. I know I like to mix it up sometimes. Nick. Nick, you've got a blurred background. What's going on? Is the CD I, I don't fucking happening I'll be honest with you. Hang on a sec. Um... <laughs> How do I change that? You know, when you go to a Teams meeting at work and someone's got a blurred background, you think, what is going on in the background that they're needing to blur it out? Oh, what wait, crazy shit's going effect. on? Is there midgets oh, running around the lever? Oh, okay. Oh, it's Nick's bedroom. That's not your house. Is that Nick's house? Bedroom? It looks very cute in there. That's not, his, that's not your house. It's my bedroom, you fucker. Why is there a big I've fucking snow leopard? <laughs> There's a big leopard in it. Oh, no, that's it's a ugly toy thing on the bed. I've never seen his bedroom. I should hope you've never seen his bedroom. Nick, have you seen Chris's bedroom? Well, only that one time when we slept well, together. 1942, it was the war. It was very cold. <laughs> hey, you know what? This this bit's actually really nice. It's so Pilsner's ace. Have you guys been to uh, Prague? I've been to Budis, Buda, Budapest, which is kind of like its cousin. Yeah, it's close enough, yeah. yeah. The beer amazing. there is amazing. It is literally, you should just go there for the beer. And all the beautiful buildings. Yeah, it's absolutely, as far as cities go, it's absolutely gorgeous. But we're not here to talk about Prague because that would be an entirely different and probably more boring podcast. We are here. Chris, (laughs) I'm going to ask you to do the uh, intro. Welcome to episode five. Ziggy Stardust versus the Velvet Underground and Nico. Two seminal albums from the late 60s and early 70s. Okay, so Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars has won. So what's next week, Chris? No, it it's not has. one. Right, so it's not we... one at all. What did it? Oh, before we do it, what we forgot last time. So, what did the Facebook oh, okay, poll say? Yeah, so I've got my phone separate these times. So, because I was leading a jet-setting lifestyle and drinking beer in Prague, have I mentioned I went to Prague yet? I didn't. I didn't share it as much. I still think it got about forty votes though. So let's let's just go through and have a look. I mean, obviously Ziggy won. But I want to give you the specific uh, details of of how much it yeah, went by. Yeah, percentages. Which I would be able to do if my phone would load more quickly. Right, here we go. So, so 43 votes were cast for Ziggy Stardust. There was 69% of the votes and 30 people voted. Uh, okay. Uh, uh the next one, Velvet Underground, we got... I've just voted for it again. So 23% of the vote and 10 votes. <laughs> and the I Hate Both of These Albums Because Nobody Loved Me As A Child got three votes. And I should probably call out who those people are. I, so... I think you should. So for some reason, I'm showing on here, and I know I didn't vote this, so... I think you I'm, should I'm be I'm calling fair. the whole vote invalid. <laughs> but there's another gentleman called Andy Carson and uh, Chris Box, who used to be a drummer in the band I, I played it in. So they were both unloved as children, but there we go. So, yeah, Ziggy's got it. It's a, it's a flat-out win. And I actually thought it would be closer than that, if I'm being honest. I did, I guess. Do you think... Uh, I think a lot of people have jumped on the David Bowie bandwagon since he died. Yeah, and and this is actually very, very true because Chris and Nick, you, you guys will know that we have loved Bowie since we were 11, probably 10, 11, 12 years old. And like you would yeah. go along throughout your life and you would have conversations with people and it would be very rare that I think people would actually bring up Bowie, but then he died. Now everybody brings up Bowie all the time. As soon as like, who's the greatest artist yeah. of all time? Bowie. We bought Earthling, we bought ours. We did? We bought Outside. We tried to love Try. those albums. I, I still love Outside. Strangers When We Meet is a great tune. Outside is okay, to be fair. But as an album. This is the wrong album yeah. we're talking about, though. But not... What was... Was it Heathen or something? Mm. That one with the the, the grey cover with the orange writing? Heathen was good as well. Is it called Heathen? Yeah. That, that's a terrible name for an album. But that was... A oh, I like that name for an album. Which, which one was Hello Space yeah. Boy on? Uh... 
the ravey yeah, one. Yeah, didn't it feature like Pet Shop Boys? If I Earthling. remember correctly, Earthling, Earthling. But so we were there during all that times. You know, we loved all the classic stuff. Then we, you know, bought his new stuff. Yeah. You know, and like you say, people. Oh, do you like David Bowie? No, because they were they only heard the new stuff. It was an absolute fluke that I, that I ever got into David Bowie because I just went around my nan's house one day and she had one of those old-fashioned record players with the drop-down stuff. And I said to her, what's in that box? Because I genuinely did not know what it was. And she said, uh, it's a record player. Would you like it? So I said, well, yeah, it's a record player. I'll take that. And she gave me two two records with it and one was Changes of One Bowie that my uncle had left behind. And I think I was only probably about 10 years old at that point. And that was literally the, the only record I had. Yeah. <clears throat> so we discussed Bowie first, because I think we're here. Yes. So, uh, I and you know the weird thing about the album is, how much other albums start with a really slow fade-in with a drum beat? I mean, if you give that album 15 seconds, you're probably going to go, it's a bit crap. Mm-hmm. No. It's just genius. And then suddenly the chord hits you, and you're like, oh, it's just brilliant. But you know, like a really slow build-up of drum yeah. beats. It's not a great way to start an album, is it's it? It's not, no. It's not like, imagine if we started with Ziggy Stardust and it just went, that's a way to start See, an album. I was thinking that, that is a way to start an album. So I was thinking that, Nick, you called out about two weeks ago that you don't like albums with slow starts. And I didn't say anything at the time. Oh, yeah. I didn't say anything at the time because, you know, I don't like to disagree with you. You're my mate. But actually, I think some of my favorite <laughs> albums of all time do have a slow start. Uh, the Editors, for example, in Dream Album has that really slow, menacing intro and it just kind of sets the scene. Uh, Suede introducing the band Dogman starts quite a slow start. Oh, yeah. And this album is quite similar, I think, with five years. It's kind of like it starts off with an ap- apocalyptic warning that there's five years left to the planet and it's not big slap in the face intro it's kind of like a sad intro isn't it yeah and also a sad ending with rock and roll suicide it's great bookends it isn't is. it to make it an album i mean it's an album it is i always talk about is it an album or a collection of songs this is an album it's, for sure it's, i think it's a hev- heavily concepts album as well isn't it it's, it's like a proper concepts album i mean I've, correct me if i'm wrong here and i'm going off my memory from years and years ago but isn't the concept that dave bowie plays obviously ziggy stardust who's a like a guy who descends from the skies just before the end of the world as kind of like this amazing, sexually ambiguous rock star who foresees the end of everything. Isn't that something along those lines? Have I misunderstood that? Yeah. No, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Just great. So superb. Why do people not be, more people make albums about rock stars as being aliens <laughs> who appear at the end, end of the world? Be genius. Oh, there you go. Do one. It's such a good album. Let's do it. Fuck it. What's weird is I don't listen to it that much. You don't? <laughs> no, I listen to Aladdin Sane and Diamond Dogs and Scary Monsters and Low. This one doesn't seem to get played much. And I, so I was playing it randomly on the bus home from town, drunk. Yeah, you took after, a bus. <laughs> after playing a gig. And it was just magical. It was so good. You know, I think it was Friday or Saturday night. Really good time to listen to that album. You know what I... Brilliant. I always found really strange about it is that if going off my memory, not that I was live at the time, I remember reading that there's only one single off it, wasn't there? There was a uh, Starman. Um, Suffragette City, no, maybe. I think it was a single. I think they were just album tracks. I think it's it, a single. I no, I think it was, but he didn't release Ziggy Stardust. Well, I seem to think that he just released uh, Starman. Then when it came to time to do a follow up single, he did G- uh, John and Money Dancing instead. That wasn't even on the album. Okay. And then they went straight on to Lad Insane. How do you know what the up. singles were from that album? I couldn't tell you that. I just read lots well, about Bowie. First clue. <laughs> yeah. Lots and lots and lots of really stupidly thick books about Bowie. I didn't get out much as a kid. So, so what does the spreadsheet say about the album? It's a good question, Christoph. <laughs> so, because I've been so tired after my trip to Prague. <laughs> I didn't send it to myself, but I do have the photo <laughs> I sent over to you guys before. So let's let's do a track by track, and we'll see, Chris, if you and Nick you agree with my scores, or whether I've got any of them wrong. Which, by the way, I haven't, but I am prepared to listen to your your nonsense <laughs> if I need to. So, starting off with five years, I've got ten out of ten. Soul Love, I've got 10 out of 10. I love Soul Love. It's such a great song. It's kind of got that weird, lovely rhythmic yeah. beat to it. Uh, Moon Age Daydream, 10 out of 10. Starman, obviously 10 out of 10. It Ain't Easy, it's still a good uh-huh. song. I just don't think it's as good as the rest, so I gave it an A. So pause. Okay. 
Do you know what I think he should have okay. done? He should wait, have wait, wait, wait. You're, you're going to tell Bowie what he should have done. Is that what you're, yeah. you're getting at here? So he okay. didn't put Velvet Goldmine on anything. And it, it was recorded for song. this album. Can you imagine if Velvet Goldmine was there? Velvet but I think it was just too Goldberg. sexy, too out there, too mental for him to put it out. amazing. I think he was scared. I think he was scared of putting it out, you know, in case he got banned was or something. Was it a B-side Velvet Goldmine? So it was a B-side of Space Oddity when that got re-released a couple uh, of years after yes. this. I, I mean, it was an unreleased somewhere. track. I mean, what? It should have been on the album instead of It Ain't Easy. It really should yeah. have. No, Chris, I'm going to disagree would... there. I'm not saying it shouldn't okay. have been on, on the album, but your reasoning for it being on the album was crap. Because if you actually <laughs> listen to some of the songs, it's like Mood Age Daydream's got a whole lyric about, you know, the, the church of man love is the best, blah, blah, blah. It's like he's talking about gay sex what in the 70s. The, there's, a, there's someone in it's Velvet Goldmine. Velvet Goldmine's got a really Velvet provocative lyric in it. Yeah, but, you know, he had provocative lyrics. It was the uh-huh. 70s. I don't think it's like suck my dong, but it's something like suck my <laughs> I'm dong. I'm sure he's got probably better it's, lyrics it's a bit than, than suck my dong. <laughs> I'm Googling it. I want to find out what this there's some. There's a provocative lyric. Like, Are we sure? Like my candlestick or something. Okay, let's go for it. I've so. got the lyrics here. Yeah. You've got crazy Look for legs. the dodgy lyrics. You've got amazing head. You've got amazing head. Yeah. There you go. There's no way. I was going to do a candlestick. <laughs> my provocative lyrics are better. Yeah. They contain licking candlesticks, sure. <laughs> you know, I had to ravish your capsules, suck you dry, fill your teeth with my bones, heal your head with my own. Yeah, actually, I've never noticed this. It's quite dirty, actually. <laughs> I don't think he could have released that. I think the papers would have banned it and it would have been an uproar. I th- I honestly think that's why he didn't put it on the album. You can unpause, but I do think Velvet Goldmine would have been a better song in there than It, it Ain't Easy. But I, I think that's a good point. But I just don't know any song that Velvet Goldmine could have played that would yeah. make it an immediate better album. I think probably one of the great songs of all time, Sgt. Pepper's, if you took out one of the songs and just put Velvet Goldmine in there, it would still be a great <laughs> idea. Because it's just one of those amazing songs. Sergeant Peppers, <laughs> take out the actual Sergeant Peppers song, put in Velvet Goldmine, it's still fucking awesome. Sounded a bit weird, to be fair, but... <laughs> With a Velvet Goldmine reprise at the end. Do you get Ring to sing it? Because <laughs> you've got an amazing head. A slightly more rockier indie version at the end, right? Where was I? So I was on It Ain't Easy. So yeah. next was Lady Stardust, which if I could have given this more out of 10, I would have, because it's just, I think this is the best song on the album. Uh, next, you've got Star, which again, I didn't give it a 10 star, I gave it an 8. What do you think, Chris? Yeah. I think that he should have not released the album, wrote John I'm Only Dancing, and then released the album with John I'm Only Dancing there. <laughs> yes, that would have been amazing. Star, it's just, it's fine, but you're waiting for it to end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you know Hang On To Yourself's coming next, which I gave a yeah. 10. Then at number nine, you've got Z Stardust, which is a 10. Suffragette City at number 10, which is also a 10. And lastly, as we mentioned, Rock and Roll Suicide, which is a 10. That's a lot of 10s. And I don't know if I've given that album more 10 10s. That doesn't make sense. If I gave more songs a 10 than I did Sgt. Peppers. I don't know. I think I probably did. It should definitely be higher. It should be number one. Let's face it. I think it's good higher because there's no George Harrison Indian shit on it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Nick. Ziggy Stardust should be number one in that chart. Number nine. That's just bullshit. Oh, 100%. You see, I love Ziggy Stardust, but it's also, for me, it's joined up there with Hunky Dory. I love both those albums so, so much. I know. I was kind of surprised about Hunky Dory. Yeah, we had had a discussion last week, didn't we, where it was number 40. It's for a few weeks' time, isn't it? I can't wait to see who it's going against. Because it's going to get slaughtered. Going to get slaughtered. (laughs) So, do we have any different scores? Did anybody think I scored too generously on any of those, or I didn't score generously I, enough? No, I honestly think Star and It Ain't Easy, they're not the best, but they work in the context of the album, don't they? I think that definitely album tracks. The rest of them are singles. Yeah. I think it's just, oh, can you imagine in seeing them live back then? It would have been insane. Yes. We, we saw him live, didn't we, Chris? Yeah, but not 1972. My big claim to fame is that we saw Barry live. It was superb. Uh, when he walked on stage and just sat down on his piano and did Life on Mars, I, f- I actually thought to myself at that point, you can die now, Matt, it's fine. Whatever happens f- from this point onwards, you've succeeded in life. Barry's here, he sat at his piano, he's looking cool as fuck, he's wearing a suit, 
bow ties and done and he's singing life on mars that's me happy whatever happens from this point onwards let it happen don't matter right do we have any discussions about how good Ziggy is or should we move on to probably more controversial <coughs> album that I like some of the songs that I really, really like and some of the songs I kind of could leave? Should we move on to, to that? Yeah. Yeah, move on. Do you know where do you know where I first heard this album? Okay. In your brother's bedroom. Oh, he always played this. You were, while you were at work doing something with chickens or something or turkeys. <laughs> Because I came down to see you and you was like, oh, I've got to go to work this afternoon. Just hang about and play me and my brother's records. And I was like, oh, it's that Banana album, Ace. I'll give that a go. And I'm sitting there like on headphones on going, this is mental. Yeah. And you came back and I'm like, have you heard this album? You're like, yeah, it's all right. I'm like, it's more than all right. And you're like, yeah. I, f- I think because uh, I think my brother got into the Velvet Underground a lot more than I did because he was more heavily into the whole let's get stoned all the time and listen to stoner music and i i think i was a bit older before i had a true appreciation for it i mean i really loved this track heroin sunday morning uh they were always like staples of anybody who loves music loves those two tracks but it's probably probably didn't listen to the album properly off my own back until probably my 30s and i think it's just because my brother was playing it all the time but Going it's back. funny, you can be influenced by siblings or you can absolutely be uninfluenced by them and whatever they listen to, you're not listening to, which is probably why, like, Nick doesn't listen to Boys to Men mm. and Mariah Carey and things like that, yeah. eh, Nick? Probably. Because, yeah, your brother loved all that. I like that Boys to Men song, The End of the Road one. That's a tune. And now we've come to oh, the end you have to sing in every podcast? And I can't let you go. What's up, Matt? I'm just going to point out this this picture. Nobody can see the video, but Matt looks like he's Stevie Wonder at this point with his head going back and forth. I did. Ooh, I'm Paul McCartney. Yes. Oh, yes. Right, enough about Boys to Men. That's the only song they've done that I actually know. You know. Have yeah. they got any albums on there, Chris? <laughs> nope. Guaranteed. That, that's a shock. Okay, so I'm going to go for my tens, and you guys can jump in and tell me I'm talking shit, which I'm sure you're going to. But Sunday morning, got to give it a ten. Good tune. Good. Yeah. Waiting for the man. I'm waiting for the man. I gave it a nine. Are you mental? It's ten. Is it ten? He's waiting to get drugs. He's got $25 in his hand. <laughs> Does that make a great song, also, Chris? Inflation in America, $25 in the 60 got you drugs. $25 now still gets you drugs. That's really good. That's pretty good, actually. That's really good. Louis's not going to care. He's dead. But for everybody else. No. Did, you, yeah. did you know he was dead, by the way? I didn't, don't know. He's, is he dead? Yeah, he's absolutely dead. Definitely Louis. dead. 100% dead. Are you yeah, sure? Died years ago. I'm pretty sure he's dead. I'm googling. You don't it want up. to be lying to people if he's alive. Something like 2013 or something. He died. Come on, Nick. Back me up here. Oh, Matt, Google it. I am googling. He's probably dead. Is Lou Reed dead? Yeah, dead. I think if he wasn't dead, he'd have done a duet with Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, so, 27th of October, 2013. Should we see how he died? Yeah, hey, I got the right. I got the <laughs> year right. How awesome am I? He was. Well done, Nick. A pub quiz. Uh, he died of liver disease, which is a particularly rock and roll way to die, because obviously it was to do with the booze, I would have thought. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. When this album came out, only it only sold 20,000 copies in the first five years, but they always said every single person that bought it created a band. Ah. Quite like that. So how did Andy Warhol get involved in it? Was I presume he was just like friends of the band or something? I don't know much about it. I, so well, it was all New York, and he had the factory, which was a big empty warehouse where people were allowed to come and just be arty farty. And then, you know, Velvet Underground were kicking about. Nico was kicking about, and he's like, "Why don't you just get together and just create some music, and I'll produce it?" And then they did. And then, so Andy Warhol he's not produced a very good it. Producer. Yeah, that's why it's such terrible production. There is such bad hissing on it. <laughs> there really is. Yeah, it's just hissing, and there's distorted instruments and. I think the guitars sound out of tune sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I've got an interesting fact. I've got an interesting fact. I've got an interesting fact Come here. On, which you probably fucking know, so it's probably not interesting. But when they first started recording the album, when they got together, the band were getting pissed off at Nico because she couldn't carry a tune. 
and she was out of key the whole fucking time. And eventually, they, they took enough drugs to go, fuck it, we'll just leave it as it is. She can sing how she likes. Clown. That's how so we came about. Down. Because her singing's fucking down. This. I know so nothing good. about Nico, so I know she appeared on a Bob Dylan single earlier on before she joined the Velvet Underground, but was she actually a singer? Is that is that her Just some, I think she's a German model. Okay, so... It was a model, actress, singer type thing, I think. Clown! <laughs> Shut so up! So, did she appear in more than one album? Or was it just this one-off? Is this... Just this one, just this one off. But she's got her own solo song that's really nice called These Days. Really, really, really good. Listen to it on Spotify. So good on a Sunday morning when you're making tea and toast. Can she sing on that one? Yeah, it's all her own song and it's brilliant. And she can sing on it. Ah, she's got loads of albums. Uh, she's got a massive fan base. I think she's got really? a couple of albums. But that's her best you know. song. It's really good. Okay. Beautiful. It's gentle. It's lovely. You know, if you go for a walk by the canal uh-huh. and the sun's just sort of bursting through the clouds and you can just sort of feel it on your skin, that song's going to work really well. I'm getting a running theme from these podcasts, Chris, that you're heavily affected by which music you like, depending on what situation you're in. <laughs> so, for example... Very weather dependent. <laughs> if you're Very. dog walking... You're quite oh, up for some yeah. relaxing shoegazery music. However, yeah. maybe if you're on your way to work, you want something with a bit of action in there. And yes. if you're wandering, wandering through a forest, it's Nico. Mm. Oh, definitely. Right. <laughs> right. What, what was but it? you're wrong about waiting for this man. It's 10 out of 10. It's amazing. It's just it's just rock and roll. It's talking about buying drugs, the guitar sound ace. It's... 10 out of 10. You're wrong. I gave it 9. 9 still a respectable score. 10. Okay, if you think it's 10, it <laughs> in your world it can be 10. So, Femme Fatale next. And we, we we text about this before, didn't we? And my issue with this is it would be a 10 if there wasn't that annoying backing vocal at the end going, she's a Femme Fatale, she's a Femme Fatale all over, over and again. It just drives me a bit mad, that bit. And so I deducted a point because I found that annoying. But it would have been a 10. Less is more, which randomly for this album, normally it does actually have less. <laughs> so next is my favourite song. To be fair, actually, I agree with Matt on that one, actually. It's quite annoying, the end it of that song. Annoying, isn't it? Come on, get on the mat train. It is. It's so annoying. Uh, so next one is my favourite <laughs> song off the whole album. Is it uh, Venus and Furs? That, 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 that's, for me, is the best song. The hypnotic violin thing. It's crazy. So I thought, going into this, my favourite song was going to be Heroin, which still gets a 10, but actually I prefer Venus and Furs now. I thought it was amazing. Uh, next, I gave you the controversial, this is but Run Run Run, I gave, gave it a 5, just wasn't really into it. Again, I think it's 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 a 7, it's star, it's it ain't easy, it's just a chuck it on, it's a bit of filler, it's good enough. Okay. You know uh, what, you know what Run seven. Run Run sounds like is... One of the last songs they tried to write, and they just couldn't be arsed, and they fucked off to the pub. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not, it's Nico's decent, not even but, on it. Uh, it's, about, it's better than a five, but it ain't a ten, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, next, I it's put All Tomorrow's Parties. I put that seven. I know it's a big song. I know it's a famous song. I know lots of people like, like it, but isn't this one where she's just going on about what dress she yeah. should wear? And what costumes shall the yeah, poker wear? Yeah, that, there's a bit much for me, that one. I it's mean, 10 out of 10 because it's got Nico on it. Love her. <laughs> if that was a rule. Absolutely love her. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'd, I'm not feeling that one. So yeah. I gave that one a seven. Clown. <laughs> I, I do enjoy your impression of her, though. That, that makes it better. That actually makes it's quite. To, it's quite accurate, to be fair. It it's, too to it it's too in tune. It's too in tune. Yeah, possibly. Oh, yes. Uh, so, number seven, Heroin, I obviously gave it 10. I think that's probably after Venus and Furs, the second to best song on here, closely followed by Sunday Morning. Nah, it's the best song on the album. Sorry, Matt. Disagree with Heroin. you. Heroin. It's insane. Yeah. Is it just because it's controversial, Nick? I know how you like to be controversial. Oh, no. Musically, on... it's not the best musically, is it? No, I just like <laughs> Heroin. Sorry, we're talking about a song now. Sorry, There's... I thought you were talking about drugs. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> There's a little 13-year-old Nick trapped in Nick's 44 year old body right now going oh man herring's cool gotta love this song gotta love this song and I, i'm with you it's it's great was it in like i may be making this up was it in a film i saw when i was a kid was it in doors the movie or something no it wouldn't have been because that's a movie no there's idea. a famous scene in the film i've seen 
I've seen, I said seen a lot then in a very short space of time, but that song comes on. And Do you want to say Prague again? <laughs> Prague. I love Prague. Didn't mention I'm drinking Prague beer. But anyway, there's a scene in the movie, and I can't remember what movie it is, and that song starts up, and it's just perfect. But I cannot remember what song it was. Is it Train Spotting? It's the worst anecdote ever. It could be. It's not in Train Spotting. It could be. You don't know that. Train Spotting is about heroin. It's the only one I can think has got heroin in it. But it would have been on the soundtrack. Maybe. There's a film somewhere in the 20th century which I've fucking seen with that song in it and it's amazing. <laughs> Listeners, if anyone can help Matthew out, please reply on Facebook. Thank you very much. Or just tell him to piss off. If it helps, it's probably seen when someone's taking heroin. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> so go back for all your memories... Think of a time when someone's taking heroin on your TV and think to yourself, did they play the song? Right, next song is called There She Goes Again. I scored it eight. What do we do think? Do you think it's great? I thought it was I all right. It's I thought it was perfectly respectable. Is it Sunday I mean, morning? No. Is it I, I think no? I think it's one of the songs. It's one. Of, I love the shitty production. I love the crappy sound. I don't want them to use the Beatles AI machine and make it all smooth. But I think There's it's one no of the few songs that AI could, machine. <laughs> I think it could do with being a bit, a bit, bit better produced. There she goes again. I thought it was alright. It's right. just it, the production's really bad on that one, See, and I think it shows. I think this is where it all goes a bit downhill for me. I think they should have ended the the, the song, the the whole album at track seven. No, maybe track eight. Have that as the last song. Yeah. What's after this again? Oh, is it the Black Angel Death song? Not yet. It's I'll be your mirror. Which is new. Oh, that's it. It's Nico again. <laughs> no, I wasn't feeling it. I don't like that no, song. Not. Uh, the next one is the Black Angel death song, Chris, which you're a fan <laughs> of, is, I presume. It's mental, isn't it? It's just, it's like a noise sabotage. Yeah, but it's that, ace. That, but is that ace? Yeah. Okay. If it was the last song on the album and they ended it there as a wee exp it's nineteen sixty seven, you're allowed to be experimental, you know. Yeah. It would have been aced of that at the end of the album and then just like bloody hell, that's a crazy ending. But no. Would have been good. Instead we had to endure European stuff. Yes. I found that uh, I think whatever score you gave it's too high. What did you give it? I gave it six because it was uh, at least interesting. <laughs> I I it's dull. <laughs> it is dull. So let's just review the average scores. So, weirdly enough, Velvet Underground came out exactly 8.0 and Ziggy came out 9.6. So, I think, controversially speaking, that the very best songs on Velvet Underground are as good as the best songs on Ziggy. They really are. Yeah. It's just there's not enough of them. But there's just more on Ziggy, basically. I I think Sunday morning, Venus and Furs, yeah. heroin, uh, yeah, pretty much it. But you could take those three songs and put them on any album, and they stand up the great, great, great songs. What's a shame is Velvet Underground came up against Bowie because it would have probably trounced all three Pink Floyd's and probably you know the lesser Rage Head album Kiddy. It would have definitely done Kiddy and then Rainbows in. Oh yeah, it would have kicked them in the balls. It would have been. Interesting against OK Computer. Yeah, yeah. And even against the Beatles, it, I don't think it would have won, but it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? It's, it's just a shame it's came up now. It's made me want to go and listen to more Velvet Underground. Should I, Chris? You, well, you know more than don't I do. listen to the Velvet Underground, the Velvet Underground. Okay. Wink, wink. Does that mean I should listen to it? No, it means it's coming up sometime soon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know what was happening there either. <laughs> wink, wink. That's very confusing. Yeah, oh, wait, before, before we stop talking about Velvet Underground, actually, do you know that, uh, has anyone got Apple TV? Yeah. Because they've got the Velvet Underground documentary on there. Have they? It's really good. Is it good? Is it better than Does it the make album? you want to take heroin? <laughs> heroin? Does it make no, you want to take heroin? I take heroin because I watched it. No. Oh, do they take heroin? I'm 45 years old. <laughs> Nothing influences me to take heroin anymore. 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 Freudian. Freudian. Oh, before Nick got married and calmed down, I can imagine yeah, what went on that, that life. That crazy yeah. life that you were leading. 
Say it's Scotland. We're all on heroin here. Apparently so. And and that that booze. What's the boozy all like? Is it that wine <laughs> stuff? The, it's, oh, a, it's like yeah. a one mile square glass. To be fair, yeah. Whenever you say to anybody in England, oh, I'm going to Scotland the weekend, they go, oh, are you going to say that book fast? They fucking love it down there. I don't know what accent that was, but that's what they say in. <laughs> that's the best accent ever. I don't even know what that was. What was it? Awful. Is this, that's what it was. This is beer drinking. We didn't do the beer, by the way, because I'm drinking. We got distracted by my amazing beer. What were we all drinking? So, Nick, I don't think you've got a drink, have you? I was drinking rum and coke, but I, almost gone. I was drinking Peroni, but it's gone. <laughs> oh, it's good that the SCD's cleared up, Nick. <laughs> yes, it is. It's really handy. The itching is gone altogether. It's brilliant. Fantastic. And sorry, Chris, you were on Peroni. I was, yeah, I've drank it. Oh, did you only bring one? Yeah. You see? Look at this. Oh, so clever. <sighs> prepare to win or win to prepare. That's not right, is it? <laughs> prepare to fail. So along those lines, you get the idea. Basically, just bring two bottles with you. Don't be a dick. I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> Definitely two bottles. Right, should we go through this week's playlist? Have we had much chance to listen to it, guys? Because it's been two weeks now. Yeah. Right, let's, let's go through mm-hmm. it and yep. get our thoughts. Uh, so... Actually, so the first one is by an artist called Cmat. I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it. Cmat, Cmat. The song called. She was on the Graham Norton show the other was night. She? Wow. So not <laughs> India, so but she wasn't playing California. So though. I thought I could include her because she's done a song with John Grant, which I really love, and I'm probably going to put it on next week's playlist. The song's called uh, "Where Are Your Kids Tonight," and it's fantastic. But anyway, this is a different song. It's California, and this was the opening tracks with debut album, which came out. About two weeks ago. So, what did what did we think? Got the steam out. I thought it was really. It grew on me first time. It was like, pretty good, mm. but it's really grown on me. Do you not like the fact she swears in it? I'm such a sucker <laughs> if somebody swears in a song, and she swears quite a lot on it. I'm like, oh, oh, she can't say that. It's good. I liked it. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It's to quite keep a me subtle happy. swear. It's a subtle swear which I like as well. I don't know. It's not subtle. <laughs> There's a few swearing points in it, and then she's like going for it. She's effing in there, blinding in there. You know, I but remember that. Well, and now we'll you like nothing matters. Oh yes, remember that that, one? that that was that's a, that's not subtle. That's yeah. what I mean by subtle. She just you know it's just it's just in the sentence. She's just speaking. Yeah, but that was a great track, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So the next track is a band that we've all got to be nice about, even if you don't like them, because I demand that you like them because they're one of my favorite bands. A band called Mercury Machine, uh, Second Life. Uh, we played with them, my, my band have, and they're absolutely fantastic guys. So don't let that influence your thoughts that they're just beautiful when we've played with them. And, uh, no, I really like that one too. It's so good, isn't it? It's like the very best. I thought it sucked, quite frankly. Oh, Nick, you can't say that. They're going to turn me down and have me killed. <laughs> your face, you Matt. You can't say that. You don't really mean that. It's a good song, isn't it, Nick? No, that's a pretty good track, yeah. <sighs> Keep me nervous. Right. Moving on from Mercury. Oh, by the way, Mercury Machine have got another couple of songs out since this one, and they're both really, really, really good. So you should check that out. The next one was a, a young band I've never heard of before called Fox Japan and called The Performer. And it's just a really, really cool little jangly guitar track, which of Chris, I thought you might like that one. I put it on there. I thought it sounded like I thought it sounded like Gene. Gene? I thought it sounded yeah, I thought it sounded really Brit poppy. Really, Martin Rosser. Yeah, and this this is one of those bands where I don't think you've got many listeners. Let me just go back and have a listen. Oh, here we go. How many have you got? Fox Japan, seven hundred listeners in a month. It's rubbish. They deserve more. But again, really good yeah. band. Uh, next was Waterfall Spring by Flua Bluer. I don't think I'm saying that right. Yeah, Bluer. that's what it was. <laughs> so yeah. this was a bit for me. It's just, I wasn't sure. When I put it on, I absolutely loved it. Then I went through a stage of thinking, oh, do I like this or is it just a bit backgroundy? But then I started liking it again. Yeah. It's good in a playlist, but you're not going to go for it, are you? You're not going to go, oh, I need to listen to that song. Yeah. Oh, this next one had the best lyrics on it of all time. So <laughs> the song's called Super Armadillo by a band called Single Lash. And it has the phrase... 
and I can't make head nor tail of it, but no, exactly. I think the chorus is something along the lines of "Super Armadillo, three heads on my pillow," which I quite like. Chris, did you listen to that one? What's your thoughts? I liked it. I'm not going to go through every song because there's about 15 on here, but let's just go through know, yeah. through the uh, exceptions. Sufjan Stevens is on yeah, there, that was which good. I thought was fantastic. Dial okay. tone, yeah. The whole album's fantastic. You should, everyone should just go out and buy that album and listen to it. Dial tone, wild nothing. I think I like that one, but you know what? Looking at it now, I can't actually remember it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure I do like it. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, okay, next track is probably one for you, Nick, because I know that you like the uh, trench coat song mm-hmm. you did. There's a dream job by the Ardax. I didn't yeah. quite get into that one the same, did- to be honest. I thought, Sounds like every other Yard Act song. I thought it was a bit more poppy, this one. I thought the chorus had a nice uh, catchiness to it. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I like the Trenchcoat song, and I like the Fix It Upper song. That's good as well. But I never oh, quite go into this amazing. one. I shall write write them an email immediately and tell them to pull it out, because Nick likes yes, to use on you do that. Sick, but he's not a, not a feeling the new <laughs> one. Uh, dum bum bum. Uh, let's see what else is on there. Uh, suede trash, obviously always amazing. Desperate journalist, big special. I like that one. And Mother Nature, MGMT. Is it MGMT or is it management? I can't remember. MGMT, isn't it? I call them MGMT. Not management. No, you spent too much time in the corporate world. There's no dot after it. Do you not need a dot after it for it to be management? Because it's then it's hyphenated. No, abbreviated. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, Chris, if you know I the like answer, reply on Facebook. <laughs> but Matt needs to know. This is this is the thing that annoys me about MGM2 or management or whatever you want to call them. It's like occasionally they'll, they'll release a really, really good song. They did one a few years ago. About three years ago, oh, they released yeah. a really good song. And I thought, ah, oh, this is it, the back. I went to listen to the album, but no. It was the only good song. So I hope this is like doing that again. Did anyone like that You're Dead song I added? Yes. Really liked it. Yes, I know that one, actually. So that was off the uh, Vampire program. Yeah, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, I love that series. Fantastic. It's great, is it? Yeah, it really, really is. Um, but I just, I really like the song, right? But it's interesting, because I like the song, so I went and found out who was doing it. And obviously, this is like 1966 or something. Isn't that old? And you had two albums. Yeah, that old. Two albums. Um... But then she just stopped writing. She ended up writing for a lot of other people. Um, and she had like a very long love affair with Dusty Springfield as well. There were lesbian really lovers so cool. that no one knew about. There we go. That's my fact for the night. I, I think lesbians. we should have like more stories on here about secret lesbians. Especially famous secret lesbians. That should, that it's should such be... a shame they had to be secret lesbians. I know. Nico was, I think Nico might have been a lesbian. Nico's dead. dead. Did you know that? Is she? Yeah, Nico's dead. She died. Stop telling me people are dead. <laughs> I think most of night. I think most of like the Velvet Underground are dead. Te- please tell me Maureen's not dead. Right, I'm googling Velvet Underground members, and I reckon that <sighs> mostly they're all dead. Velvet Underground <laughs> members. Can I just type? Are they dead? And they'll tell me. <laughs> so d- I Come remember on, this because they reunited for a series of shows in the early nineties, didn't they? Yeah, they should never have done that. So here we go. Kale and Maureen Tucker, the drummer, the two original Velvet Underground members who are still alive. Shit. So basically, it's two of them still alive. The drummer and the violinist. Yep, rest of them dead. It's going to be a shit gig. It's going to be a shit gig, isn't it? Drums and violins. I'll pass them the comeback album. (laughs) There's still unfinished business to talk about. Is there? What what have we got to talk about? Now and then. (gasps) Yes, just how glorious it is. Just how meh it is. So probably a bit of background information for the <laughs> listeners here that we have kind of like two camps to this story that I think it's probably one of the best songs I've heard in a long, long time. Chris thinks it's a bit meh, and I don't think Nick's probably listened to it yet, have you, Nick? <laughs> just gonna, I'm just going to add for any of the two or three listeners we've got, we're talking about the Beatles' new song that was generated by AI. In some no, form, I don't know. It's fucking again, it wasn't generated it wasn't by it, it was tarted no, no, up I by like, it. Yeah, generated. you know what I mean. So, Finished. No, generated. It, it wasn't. So let's let's get this straight. Actually, up. this has really pissed me off because there's loads of people on Facebook at the moment talking about AI generated beat songs. So 
The vo- everything you hear on that song is as is. The only thing they used AI for was deep machine learning to strip out the piano sounds from John's vocal track so they could actually mix it properly. That's it. So yeah. none of it was AI generated. They just used machine learning to be able to recognize John's voice on the audio track and distinguish it from the piano sounds and rip it out so they could get a good mix. So it's not really AI. But I just think it's beautiful. I I think if I was going to be negative about it in any way, shape or form, I can tell it was a demo. I can tell that John's vocals and lyrics, they're beautiful, but then I don't think they're fully developed in the same way that I'm used to a Beatles song being developed. I think there's a lot of repetition in his, his lyrics because... I think generally he just pressed play in his recorder and played a song on the piano. And like people often do when they're writing songs, they just kind of repeat stuff and just try and get the melody right in the heads and then kind of home in from there on in. And obviously we we didn't get the homing in stage. We just got the kind of like, here's John working on the song and tape recording himself. But actually the bits they've lifted from it sound absolutely gorgeous. And I think it's... The thing I love about John is that he's got those really bittersweet melodies and some beautiful lyrics. So, and that's enough to carry it. And I think that's more than enough in this day and age when we have to listen to such vac- vac- vacuous songs most of the time that it stands out for me. Chris? I mean, it's good, right? But it's no Padam Padam. It's no what? Padam Padam by Kylie. <laughs> Let's not compare the Beatles to Kylie. <laughs> Wait, wait, I've got a fact about this as well. I'm a fact. Did you know John Lennon is dead? <laughs> now that's brand new information for me. And Kylie Minogue is not. You know what? That seems unfair, doesn't it? This this, this whole like Beatles thing has caused me... You, so, Chris, you remember how obsessed I was about the Beatles and your good self as well. And it's just caused me to go on another Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, listen to everything they've ever done. And I've yeah. been going back and watching loads of John Lennon interviews on YouTube. And did you know there's a Mark Chapman interview on there? No. Yeah, he's talking to uh, Jay, somebody, Jay, I don't know, one of the famous talk show hosts in America. And he's just casually there. Jay Leno. Yeah, I think it's Jay Leno. Maybe somebody, but it's of, of that ilk if it's not him. But he's just been interviewed live oh. on TV from his prison cell talking about him calmly killing John Lennon. How, how's that allowed? Oh, my God. That's not right. It's not right, is it? I was like watching it thinking, I need to watch this because it's fascinating. But same time, I was thinking, not allowed. Somebody should kill him. Why is he still alive? I know. It's so weird. Whoever's in that prison with him, if you're listening to this podcast, do us a wee favour. Just <laughs> a wee one. We don't condone yeah. any sort of violence, but... We don't condone any violence except towards Mark Chapman. No, I think we're okay to have Mark You Chapman were naughty. Killed. You need punished. <laughs> I think if I was going to wish anybody dead or instruct anybody to be killed, it would be Mark Chapman because I'm still not okay with what he did. Eh, fair uh, play. But anyway, I think it's a it's a wonderful song. Chris, I just need you to go in and listen to it more. Did you watch the 12-minute uh, documentary? Yeah. See, was I that... preferred the documentary to the song. <laughs> I just... For me, if you've ever loved the Beatles and you kind of you've invested in the music and you've kind of gone through that journey of listening to all the albums. It's, I don't know, there's just something in it that's tangible that you can't not fall in love with. I don't understand how you don't, It's a bit boring. Do you know something? I reckon Sunday morning, 9.15, if I'm walking along and the sun's just rising, it might work really well. But you know when I'm sitting at my desk at two o'clock on a Thursday banging through Excel spreadsheets, it's near the song for me. So what I need you to do is go try that, try out that theory and see if that's, yeah. that's actually the case. I think, I think it'll work better. See if it can bring a tear to my eye. You know what I really like about it? It's, for me, if the Beatles were here now with the modern recording techniques, that's what they would sound like. I mean, the piano sounds gorgeous on it. The, the backing vocals sound like really well recorded. Even John's vocal, which is recorded on the tape recorder and cleaned up, still sounds gorgeous. It's like the quality's yeah. there. It's all beautiful. And even George Harrison's guitar in there as well. It's so fucking George when it comes in. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, you can, like Ringo's plodding drum beat that he always does. It's all those... you do know that You do know that it's Paul that did that slide guitar solo, though. 
he did one of them. So one of them was recorded in 1994, but I think it was more the rhythm stuff that was recorded in 94 yeah. the first time around. And I think Paul so tried to So unfortunately, George never, yeah, George never did the slide because they thought they'd never use it in 94, which is such a shame. But I think Paul's mimicked the way George plays. It comes in, you think, oh, it's George. <coughs> yeah, he's just paying tribute to him, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Video's shit, though. No, I like the video. It's gorgeous when you've got the uh, the now and then with the old Beatles and the new Beatles. It, it was great at the start, and then suddenly George appears in his Sergeant Pepper's uniform, which you know he fucking hated. He hated <laughs> that part. It's like, okay, so you've made George be the, the period he hated the most. That's fine. And then John comes in being wacky. It's like, okay, John is embarrassed by that from 1968. Why have you used those two you know, images of them instead of the later images or the really early ones? Yeah, it's a good question. There was a what's George George Martin's son called who did, who did Giles Giles. So that there was an interview of Giles, and I think it was on Chris. What's his name? The ginger guy with the glasses. Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans's Virgin Radio show. Anyway, it was interviewing him about the new single, and Giles said lots of people are getting really worked up about whether it should have happened or whether they should have let bygones be bygones, but. He said, when you meet Paul McCartney and you're having a chat with him and you're working with him on the song, the thing that you realise it's just a guy, Paul McCartney, in his 80s, 70s, whatever he's in, who just wants to work on a song of his best mate again. He's got this precious oh. little tape recording of his best mate from like 40 years ago and he just he's desperate to try and like just finish off his song for him. And I kind of I love that about it. I don't I don't think I'm not. I don't think Paul McCartney needs the money. I don't think it was a cash grab. I don't think Yoko needs the money. I generally think it just came from a really nice place that... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that makes so, sense. So Nick's got some tapes of me singing really badly, so you'll have to finish them off in 40 years' time if I die, Matt. Sorry. Just don't die. I can't do that. <laughs> Get Giles to put it through his AI machine. Giles will be dead by then. Right. Chris, what's next week? What are you going to make us listen to next week? It's another good week. It's another great week. Is it though? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> is it more Bowie? So num- no. We should number eleven. We should do a thing where we try is- and guess what the next greatest album should be. Not this week, okay. but maybe next week. Where we number could- eleven is a nineteen sixty six album that inspired Sgt. Pepper's. Revolver. No, we've had Revolver. No. No, but it inspired them because Paul was like, they did that album, so we had to beat them, so that's why we did Sgt. Pepper's. So be Rolling Stones then? No. Really? Across, from across the Atlantic. Come on, Nick, help me out. I have no clue. So it's somebody the, American who's across the Atlantic in the. 1966, The Who? No, they're British. It, the, it's a The Band. The Doors? The Doors, no, wouldn't be them. No, I'm, I'm do you not remember Paul McCartney saying they were they were oh they did that so we did this? No, the moment you say it, I will I will know it. But at the moment, Beach Boys. Oh yeah, so they're not, not like a real band, are they? Is it Pet Sounds? Of course, yeah. <laughs> yep. So my my wife's father is an absolute Beach Boys buff. He's got rare bootlegs. He absolutely loves them. Oh my! So God. he'll be over the moon that I've got to listen to this. And number twelve is. The complete opposite side of the spectrum, and I will be wearing a T-shirt for this, but I will have to choose because I own three. Okay. It's from 1971. It's their fourth album. It's rock. Led Zeppelin. Okay, so I don't think Led Zeppelin. Four. Led Zeppelin. This is a good week as all, Chris, because one Beach Boys bore me. No, I don't think it is either. Be fair. Amazing albums. So Pet Sounds, I saw Brian Wilson perform at a festival and it was about five, six years ago and he was performing the whole of Pet Sounds at a festival I was at and I walked off after three songs, <laughs> bored. <laughs> Love how you've walked away from Brian Wilson and The Who, no, not The Who, Pink the, Floyd. Um, the Pink Floyd. Yeah. You're like, meh. <laughs> yeah, not for me. And, and Led Zeppelin, my dad's a big Led Zeppelin fan and it's just all a bit too guitar-y for me. I mean, I'll give it a listen. So what number is it? A bit too guitar-y. A bit too guitar-y for me, yeah. What? what? Isn't it? It's Guns N' Roses a bit too guitar-y. Yeah, it can be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as too guitar-y, you're 
off your heads. Well, this is the thing, oh. though, like, you, you thought, like... If you don't give every track 10, I'm coming down in my car to murder you. Is it the one with... Is it Zofo, this one? Yeah. So it's got Stairway to Heaven on it? Yeah. Yeah, see, that just drags on, doesn't it? No! <laughs> Just because it takes three minutes fifty for the drums to kick in, that doesn't mean it drags on. It does drag on. They could have so, condensed it. That could, anyway, that would have been a really good. We will discuss next week. <laughs> no, you're wrong and you're bad. See, my dad loves that album, so I've got to be. Because your dad's correct. I don't think he'll listen to this anyway, so I can probably just be a bit vicious. I generally don't know <laughs> who's going to win this. If I'm being honest, Led Zeppelin. I mean, it just feels like a battle of the mundane. Nick looks You're like he's about friends. to fall asleep. I'm taking my ball back. Can you take your bloody fucking Led Zeppelin records back while you're at it? <laughs> oh. right. Well, the week I'll after, I'm telling you, you're going to love that. Okay. <laughs> I, I think this would be good, actually, because I know lots of people rave about pet sounds, and I should probably give it a listen at some point in my life. And yeah, try not and... in your car. It's a chilled out album. You need to be in a chilled out space. No, no. Led Zeppelin's great for banging up the motorway. Led Zeppelin will be ace in your car. They can't be any worse than Pink Floyd. No, I wouldn't have thought so. It's amazing. It's commercial. It's brilliant. It's ace. It's the best album of all really? time. Really, I don't Maybe. think so. Maybe. Every song's a ten, so it's the best album of all time. Every song's End a ten. Not no spoilers or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. it, do you know something? There's eight songs on it, and every song's a ten, and it actually gets ninety points because it gets an extra ten points just because it's so ace. You know what? I've just okay. looked at how long we've been recording for. We've been recording yeah. for fifty-five minutes. This is going to take a <laughs> lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, luck, lot of good stuff in here, but there's a lot of stuff that's easy to cut. <sighs> and on that note, did I mention Are you two prattling on about the Beatles? You can cut all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was poignant. Matt did some good stuff there. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in. See you next week. Okay. Love you. Bye. I enjoyed that, chaps. It's my favourite part of the week. I missed it last week. Yep, for sure. <laughs>